you have your Bibles and you want to turn with us, if you'll look at Ezekiel 7 and 7th chapter and the 4th verse, and, and trust me, I'm going to get around to joy and hope, but it doesn't sound like it when we read this, but we'll get there. And my eye will not spare you, nor will I have pity, but I will punish you for your ways while your abominations are in your midst. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Father, this morning we thank you so much for your, that you care enough to keep your eye on us, Lord. Father, that you watch us daily. Father, that you see all that goes on in our lives, around our lives, and with our lives, Lord. And Father, we thank you for that. And Father, we most of all, we thank you for your love and grace and mercy. And Father, we thank you that we can run to your throne room. And Father, we can fall on our face before you. Lord, that you are willing to have us in your very midst, Lord. Father, just as this tree was growing in the restaurant to give hope and some joy, Father, your love and grace and mercy grows in our hearts and in our lives to give us that. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for those that are here. Father, we, we ask that you be with those traveling. Father, going to graduations, coming back from graduations. Father, we just thank you so much for all that you've given us in this world. And we ask this in your holy name. Amen. Now, this past week, I, I, I'd done some traveling and flying and driving. And, and at one point, I called Katie, and I was, just, I was just dumbfounded at what I was seeing. But, and I want you to be totally honest this morning. Now, don't raise your hands and, and wag them around because I, I don't want you to be in the same boat that I'm in. You know, you, when you're guilty of something, just hanging around somebody makes them guilty. So don't make yourself guilty with me, okay? But sitting in the airport this week, have you ever just looked up and thought, man, them people's cornbread ain't done in the middle. Wondered when they walked past you, who really tied their shoes for them that morning? Had that thought run through your head, I hope they don't have children. And being a good southern boy from the deep south, ever looked at them as they walked away and went, mm, God bless their heart. Nobody in this room has done that but me, I know. Well, really and truly, we've all done it, and there's no need to deny it. This past week, I, I wondered that several times, and I talked to God, and God assured me there was a few of them that walked by he had the same thoughts about. <laughs> Some of those people walked by, and I, I know God went, oh, child. Some of them walked by, and I thought, what happened to their wardrobe? And what does the rest of it look like? Honestly, I, honestly, I saw women walk through the airport that I have handkerchiefs bigger than their outfit. I know you've got to go through security and be checked and be cleared, but not that far down. They will x-ray you and look at things and let you go. People that did not understand 
these simple instructions told to you a thousand times by these little TSA agents. Remove your shoes and your belts. Take everything, everything out of your pockets. Any jacket or sweater or anything containing a zipper other than the pants you are wearing, take it out. Take off your shoes. Put it all in these little gray tubs. They'll run it through this machine and they'll look at it. They'll stand you on this thing and they've got these little yellow feet prints. And they, I, let me tell you, they're little. I'm glad they didn't say foot, fit your feet in those prints because they're about this big. And I, I'm not. Hold your hands up. It'll, they'll tell you to step out to the left. You step out. You stand still. They look at you for a minute, and then they let you go. Do you know how many people got in there and raised their hands, and they went, you got something in your pocket? Oh, yeah. I got go back in. Do you still have something? Oh, yeah, I forgot. Sir, you need to go ahead and take your belt off before we do this. And, and ma'am, please remove those shoes. And this is what I heard. When you say everything, you mean everything? And we sit and look at people like that and we wonder, you know, it, how hard is it? Yet we as Christians, we fail to follow the instructions clearly given to us by God. When God says, bring everything to me and lay it out and then walk off and leave it, why do we get up and pick up parts that we want to take with us? When God says, bring it all, don't bring part of it, bring it all. A few weeks ago, I told you, I, I, I got up one morning, severe earache, sore throat, head throbbing. God, just take it away and let me get through these two services today. And, and we started out and got almost out of Joplin, and my ear starts throbbing, my throat's sore, and my head is aching, and, and this voice and my, my little feeble mind comes back and went, bet you wish you had asked for longer. Why do we do that as Christians with our lives? Why do we come up to God's altar and lay down things, but then before we go out the back door, pick most of it back up and carry it with us? We don't follow instructions any better in the church than people flying on airlines do today. Now, why do they do all that stuff at the airport? Security. They want to make sure you're safe. You know, and, and I'm sorry, if I'm flying on that plane and you step up there and you refuse to do one of the instructions given to you, I'm not going to let you on the plane. I think too much of my wife's husband to endanger his life in the air. I'm not. I want to make sure that when they check us, they check us from head to toe. 
front to back. One point in the flight, I did not think I was going to be able to get on the plane because the state of Ohio does not like how the state of Arkansas lists your name on your license. And they thought I was trying to fly under an assumed name. Who else would want to be me? But I, they, they finally were convinced that they were real driver's license and it was my picture and, and they let me through. But we as Christians a lot of times and most of the times in our lives, we don't follow God's instructions. Let's take a look in 1 Corinthians in the 10th chapter starting in the 20th verse. Paul wrote about a present image that we present outwardly at a different angle inside, inside of our hearts, acting one way but believing another. When he wrote this in Corinthians chapter 10, verse 20 through 20. 1 Corinthians 10. No, I imply that what pagans sacrifice, they offer to demons and not to God. I do not want you to be participants with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of the demons. You cannot partake at the table of the Lord and the table of the demons. Shall we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he is? What was happening in the New Testament church was the same thing had happened in the Old Testament with the Levitical priest. And the same thing started happening again in the New Testament church. And it's happening today in our churches. You see, the Bible says you can't eat off the table of the Lord and eat off the table of the demons. You can't do it. Now, table is another word in Greek and Hebrew for altar. So there's two altars. There's the altar of the Lord and there's the altar of the demons. And we as Christians sometimes, we find ourselves standing in the middle trying to decide which table we want to dine off of. You see, what happens in our lives is, is we stand there and we look at it and the same thing happened in the Old Testament the people got to complaining about bringing their sacrifice in because when it was time to make the sacrificial anointing, uh, sacrificial commitment to God to forgive you of your sins and your iniquities and all that you shortcomings you had, when they would bring that animal in, and this is not pretty, they would bleed the animal out, hang it up, let the blood run out, they would remove the entrail. That's called eviscerating the animal. And they would take it and then they would water it. And then they would have the priest bless it. And then it would be burnt for the Lord. Now it does not smell good. And the people in the Old Testament church bringing their sacrificial animals in, did not want to stick around where it stunk. They did not want that to be a part of their life. 
They wanted to come in, have somebody else take care of everything, and walk away and leave. The New Testament church had become the same way. They had wanted now to come in, let somebody else take all of it, and not them be associated with any part that wasn't smelling good. Well, the problem with that is sin stinks. There is no good smell in sin. It is an odor that will follow you around. It is an odor that will latch on to you and go with you. Why do you think they washed the sacrificial animal? To remove the smell. Now, I've worked in processing plants, and, and I promise you, those animals, after they have been bled, eviscerated, dehyde, defeathered, deskinned, whatever they do, then they go through a process and they are washed and they are cleaned before they go through any other process. Have you ever thought about what God does for your life when you accept Him as your Lord and Savior? He takes away all the things that are bad. All the things that keep you from Him, He takes them off of you. And then, He drains out every drop that could be left in that would bring you back to your old past. He takes it away. And when he takes all of that away, then when he gets through with that and he has removed the internal part of our nature that's called sin and he takes it away, he then washes us clean with the blood of the Lamb. This morning, there are two tables set before us. It is the table of the Lord and it's the table of the demons. Now what happens is, we become Christians when we do what? When we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior. We accept that He died on a cross, shed His blood for our sins, a guiltless man that He was, become guilty for us. He died on that cross. He went to a grave, went to hell, and got the keys to death, hell, and the grave, came back out, resurrected, and then ascended to the throne room of God and is sitting at the right hand of God looking up at the Father saying, I got this. I paid the price for this. And once we have become that person, once we have accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior and we become saved, we can dine at the table with the Lord. But what happens? We start dining over here at the table of the Lord and things start coming back. Satan uses our past and our memories. And he starts sending our friends, our old friends over. The ones we thought were true friends, he sends them over and says... Hey, come over here. We don't have all these regulations. We don't have all these rules. You can do what you want to do, live like you want to live. Whatever thing that there is, 
You can do it over here. You see, what happened was after the ascension, the disciples were in the upper room. And God promised us one thing. After the ascension, what did He promise us after Christ ascended? He was coming back, but He promised He would send a comforter. And on the day that they were in the upper room praying, what did He do? He poured out His Spirit onto the world. He poured it out. It's like a waterfall that so freely flows. It never dries up. Now lately on Facebook, if you've turned them on and you've looked around at, at all the creeks and rivers and, and everything, you see all these beautiful waterfalls that this July and August we're going to be wishing we had back. But they flow so freely and there's so much power in that water as it flows down across and through. That's the same way God poured His Spirit out on us. But what happens is, is when we get that Spirit poured on top of us, there's three things we can do with it. Three things. Now we've got two tables. We've got the table of the demons and the table of the Lord. God's pouring His Spirit out all over us. Now we can accept that Spirit or we can reject it. Do you realize you have to physically reject God's love? Did you know that? God pours His love out for everybody. That's why he said, whosoever will. He didn't go through and go, okay, everybody from A to E, you're going to get it. From F to M, sorry. From N to Z, maybe. No. He said, whosoever will. So he's pouring that grace out. And the, it's like a bucket. It just sits there and it just pours in and it pours in till it overflows and fills up and runs out. Uh, runs out of us all over everybody around us. But you know what happens with us as Christians? We turn that bucket over. And then it just hits on the top and it's, it just goes off. It doesn't water us. It didn't grow us. It didn't fill us. It doesn't give us hope or joy or peace. It just goes away. Ezekiel told him, look, my eye is upon you. I know what you do. Everything you do. We talked about that the other day when we talked about Emmanuel. God is with us everywhere. Where you don't want Him, He's there. What you don't want Him seeing, He sees. And you see what happens is when that Spirit is poured out on us and it fills up our lives and it just starts overflowing and erupting out all over everybody around us, then we have no, no choice but to love, have compassion. Not pass by people that are hungry and hurting. When we stop and we say, how are you today? 
and they start to answer us, and you think, oh, Lord, why did I ask that question? Again, don't hang in the same basket I'm in because it'll get you in trouble. But when we first got married, my grandmother called. I answered the phone. Hello. And she started talking. I laid the phone down. I went and fixed my dinner plate. I come back. Hey, okay. Mm-hmm. Laid the phone down. I sat there and ate. My wife is looking at me like I am a demon with four heads. Every now and then, yeah, grandmother, okay. Lay the phone down. Till one day, my wife answered that call, and I was not home. Three and a half hours later, and not one word from her other than hello, my grandmother says, well, I got to go, bye, click. She didn't care. She poured out everything she had on that phone. Now, you had a choice. You could sit there till your arm cramped and your ear went numb listening to it, or you could lay it down. Those of us in the family long enough had learned to lay it down. Katie was new. She didn't know. She was a rookie. She put the phone up. For two weeks later, I would do this, and her arm would just... God's love is poured out on us and it just pours out and pours out and pours out. And we can take that love and that mercy and that grace and we can make it an abomination to the Lord. We can take the talents that He has given us. We can take the abilities that He has given us. We can take the prosperous things things that He has given us and turn them to evil trying to make who? Trying to make Him jealous? Because Satan's going, you don't have to use that talent for Him. You don't have to be used by Lord, the Lord. You don't have to be raised up. You don't have to serve Him. And we can choose to turn that bucket over and walk away and make every bit of it an abomination unto the Lord. Or we can take what He's pouring into us, what He's filling us up with, and make it a blessing. We can take what God has given us as a blessing in our hearts and in our lives. What He has poured out on us is freely given to us. We don't pay a price for it. His Son paid the price for it. We we couldn't buy it if we had every checking account in this room in ours. We still could not buy it. It is a blessing that He pours out on us daily. Every day. Even days we don't deserve it. Even days we're sitting there thinking, they should have put that pound of cornbread back in the oven because it ain't done. God still pours it out. He still pours out blessings on us. He pours out life. How many of you woke up this morning? He poured out life. 
How many of you went to sleep last night? He pours out life. How many of you are thankful that the sun's shining and it's not in the form of liquid? He still pours out life. Driving across country this week and looking at the scenery, the, the, I did not know the north was that pretty. I always thought it was dull and gray and nasty. But riding out across the country and you see these mountains that are just covered with these trees and these flowers. And you see all the beauty that He has created. You see these rivers and creeks cutting through that are nourishing and flow, overflowing and giving the land a drink that it needs so much to be able to rise up. It's a blessing to see that. And what do we need to do in turn? We need to turn around and give it back to Him as praise. We need to praise Him for it. He's pouring it out on us. We're receiving it in or rejecting it, and then we need to run it out as praise on the other end. I am thankful that I woke up this morning. I'm thankful that when I got out of bed and started getting ready, this little four-year-old boy with hair standing up everywhere because his mama won't let me go get it cut, he come running in the room and looking for Grandma. Didn't look for Papa. He said, where's Grandma? And he smiled the biggest, sweetest smile. The little four-year-old that could not wait to tell everybody he met that some guy named Nick that he did not know brought a swing set to his backyard this week. He had no clue who Nick was. All he knew was, I got a swing set. It wasn't a brand new one, but to him it was. The praise that I got yesterday, being able to sit with three of our five grandchildren and watching a seven-year-old eat an adult two-meat plate at a barbecue restaurant and thinking, I hadn't planned for this. My retirement don't cover this kid eating. But I have been blessed and I was praising God that I could see the smile on His face. It was a praise. God let me live six years ago to be able to see that today. Not only did he eat the two meat adult sized barbecue plate, he ate a Sunday from Brahms and when he got home, first thing he asked his mother was, when are we fixing the pizzas for supper? I'm hungry. <laughs> He's seven. What if we as God's children walked through that door going, Lord, when's the next blessing come into my life? I'm hungry. When are you going to pour out some more onto me? that I can share it with my friends and my family, that I can tell a lost and dying world that you are the greatest thing that's ever happened. Can you imagine what would happen in our homes, in our families, in our lives, in our churches, our communities, our jobs, 
If we woke up every morning saying, God, I'm hungry for your love. Give me enough that I can share it with everybody. Where would we be? A lot of mornings we wake up and we're like, Lord, don't, don't give me anything today, Lord. I, I don't feel like it. Lord, I can go sit over here at this table and they don't expect anything out of me. I can go over here, Lord, and I can sit down and, and, and I don't have to worry about anybody else. It, it's all about me. While I'm sitting here, Lord, at, at, the, at this table that the demons are at, God, I don't have to worry about sharing your grace. I don't have to worry about, are there somebody hungry that I know? I don't have to worry about, is there a need that needs to be met? I don't have to worry about any of that, Lord. And then you, you start waking up in the morning, and, and it's, Lord, I don't want to wake up today. Lord, I, I dread getting out of, there's nothing for me. And, and, but this table over here, it, it, it's really starting to smell. It's really starting to have a stench to it. Lord, over here on this table, there, there's, Lord, look, look at what I've done. I, I've made a mess. Father, on this table, the table of the Lord, when I wake up in the morning and I don't feel like it, you love me. When I wake up in the morning and I don't want to be a part of the world, you pour out love on me that I can share with them. Father, when, when I'm thinking that I don't know if this is going to be a good day or not, you say, look at the day and tell them how big I am. And it's going to be great. And, and Lord, look at this table. It, Father, everything that, that was focused on me over there, now, Lord, is, is now focused on you, and I want to bring others to you so they can feel as good about it. And they can feel joy and peace in their heart and in their life. This morning, I wonder, what are you doing with what God's pouring out on you? Are you making it an abomination to Him? Are you making it a blessing in your life? Or are you turning it back as praise? What are you doing this morning? What are we doing with our lives and what God gives us? I've often said, revival will not start when the pews are full and the parking lot's full. Revival will start when hearts are full. When our lives are filled up to capacity with God, revival will start. If you want the church to fill up, you fill up. You fill up to the point that it is overflowing from you. I, I, I tell our praise team all the time, and, I, and I'll, Wednesday nights I'll walk by and hold signs up, and it says, smile. There ain't nothing worse than going out of church on Sunday morning and seeing people go, see you next week. 
And they sit down at the restaurant, and they'll be like, hey, how's your morning going? Fine, we had church again, and he went five minutes over. I had to wait outside on the sidewalk because he didn't shut up. Lord, I give more money than anybody in that church. Why can't they set that thermostat to suit me? Lord, I, I, I go in there every Sunday and I freeze to death. I know they can turn it up. I know he sweats, but it's just an act. <laughs> Lord, I'm sitting over here and I'm burning up. I know they could turn it down. Why can't they turn them fans in the middle up a little higher to, to swirl around a little faster? Because we're eating off the demon's table. I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings and I'm not trying to point. God don't care how much you give. He wants you to give. There's instructions in the Bible for us to give. And God will bless that. But you know what? It ain't about us. It's about Him. When we start eating at the Lord's table, it may be a little hot, but you're not sitting on a rock outside. You're not floating in a boat not knowing whether or not it's going to sink or not. You're not meeting in the basement of a house shivering and scared to death that somebody's fixing to bust the door down and shoot or kill everybody in the room because you're praising a God that's alive. You have that freedom here today. This morning as we get ready to close, I'm going to do something just a little different. We always wait to the end and we pray and then the, the team comes up and we stand up. This morning, I'm going to pray, but I'm going to ask you to stand before we get ready to pray. I'm going to ask you to stand. And as soon as we get through praying, the praise team will start singing. I don't want you to think about it. I want you if God is calling you to do exactly what the song Brittany said this song this morning, I want you to run to the throne room of God. Fall on your face and cry holy, holy, holy to the one that gives us everything. This morning, I want you to make a decision in your heart and in your life. Is it an abomination you're going to make it into? Is it a blessing you're going to walk out with? And are you going to send it on up as a praise? That's what I want to know from you this morning. Our hearts and lives are blessed daily by Lord. By the Lord that sent His only Son to die for you. Took your place on the cross. Took your place in the grave. And sits at the throne room right now saying, I paid the price. This morning, if you have not accepted Him as your Lord and Savior, this is the day and the hour for you to come. If you've stumbled and fell, and you don't think you're worthy of it, this is the day and the hour to come. If it's been since you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior that you said thank you and, and blessed His name and praised Him, this is your hour to come. This morning, 
How are we going to turn to God? Are we going to return it as an abomination? Remember, in Ezekiel, he says, my eye is on you all the time. It's never off of you. Are you going to take it as a blessing in your life? Or are you going to return it to him as praise?